The following program was produced by a community producer. And you notice he's wearing a hat, and that's because actually he, 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 he should be wearing more than one hat because among his duties, he's a superintendent of cemeteries. Yes. And he's also the tree warden here in Malden. And uh, we were talking a little bit before about the, the poet who said, I think I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. And Chris is the reason for that is in Malden. Can we talk a little bit about trees to start with? Because sure. uh, there seems to be a lot of work in the city being done, not only on trees, but streets, sidewalks. But the trees are, are, are very important because why do they die? Let me just start off with that. All of a sudden, you get a tree in front of your house. and, and it Yeah, so there, there could be many reasons why they die. Insects, diseases, uh, but I think a lot of the problem we're having right now is uh, the drought we had last year didn't really help with a lot of the trees that we have planted, both mature and newly planted. We just couldn't keep up with the care uh, and no rain all year. But uh, the, I think the two biggest reasons other than insects and diseases are construction around trees, uh, water replacements, gas replacements. Uh, I don't think there's really a lot of care being taken by utility companies when they excavate sidewalks. They remove a lot of roots. That's one main thing. Um, and the other is just in our environment nowadays, trees don't live to be 100 years old other than maybe in a park or in a cemetery with the abuse they take on, on the streets between car fumes and and uh, you know, pedestrian abuse, the average lifespan right now is only 18 to 27 years for a tree to survive. It's not that long lived like we have at Forestdale where we have trees that are 100 years old or some of the parks where they've been there 80, 90 years and, and left alone to their own devices. Now there's a lot of outside factors that really, really do a, a, a some damage on our trees. Incident. I, I had a couple of public announcements I wanted to make just to start. So uh, if I could, the first one is just as a reminder, uh, there's an election next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. And uh, it's been a quiet election here in Malden. A lot of the 
incumbents uh, are running on a post, so you don't have the level of interest sometimes you have when you have a contested elections. But it is a civic duty that is a way of expressing your support or not support for people running. If you're satisfied for what they're doing in the job that they have, whether it be the school committee or the city council or the mayor's office, uh, there's, mayor's office is a contest, but uh, if they're running on a polls and you agree with what they're doing, give them a vote. If, if you disagree or you're not sure, leave it blank. At least that way there, they, there's some indication, but the important thing to stay in the habit to, uh, to vote. And, um, you, you know, the polls open for 13 hours in the course of the day, so whether you, you do it in the morning before you go to work or on your way home or after you eat, it's the polls close at 8 o'clock. And double-check a little bit around, because some this year, as it happened in the past year election two years ago, there were some readjustments in the poll locations because of a, things that happened that necessitate uh, either as it happened two years ago, enlarge the number of precincts. It may be in the same location, but it has a different number than it had previously. But you can double check that before next Tuesday. The other thing is that um, one of the big issues that you sh you, when you get to approaching age 65 is to be concerned about is what kind of supplemental coverage you have for Medicare or also, of course, mass health. And um, Mystic Valley Elder Services has arranged with the library to provide information and also uh, an opportunity for people who aren't sure what kind of coverage they they have when it's going to transition from the regular conventional coverage until you go under Medicare at age 65. So on November 14th, which is uh, two weeks from today, uh, and November 29th, and then there's a, an added time, December 14th, there is uh, a representative from Mystic Valley Yellow Services will be at the Malden Public Library. And the, and the first one, as I said, two weeks from now, it's from 1 to 3 o'clock. That's a Tuesday. The one in November 29th is on a Wednesday, and the one in December is on a Thursday. If you have any questions, the phone number is 781-324-0218. But the big thing is, number one, you don't need an appointment, and it's uh, it's in the afternoon, the first one, November 14th, from 1 to 3 o'clock. But um, you see a lot of it, commercials on TV about Medicare supplements and all those various uh, programs. But if you look at the trailer underneath the commercial, it says a licensed agent, insurance agent, will be on the uh, answer your questions. That would suggest that those people that are answering the phone are representing their product, which may fit your situation, but they're also paid or compensated in the form of a commission for bringing business to the who's ever sponsoring the commercial. So it would behoove you to go to a third party like this Mystic Valley Yellow Service is doing at the uh, library, and in that way you can get someone who is a disinterested third party suggesting or recommending programs that fit your situation because this business of trying to figure out whether your doctors are in the network and your co-pays and your, and your deductibles, they all can be affected depending on what other insurance you have such to supplement uh, Medicare or, or MassHealth. So again, it's at the library and the first one is November 14th. No appointment is necessary. Uh, yeah.
how do you decide, uh, Chris, in terms of where you play? Now, you seem to be all over the city currently. Uh, is this a master program that's been initiated to, to not only replace trees, but to uh, treat trees that maybe have trouble? Can you? So we're, we're not at the treating process yet. We, we are on certain trees, but obviously we can't treat every sick tree in the city. We just don't have the funding or the resources. Um, as far as the plantings we have going right now, there's a huge um, effort to improve our canopy, uh, meaning more trees, more shade. I don't think people realize a lot of the benefits of trees. You know, they absorb CO2, they give us oxygen, they cut down on our heating and cooling expenses when planted in the right places. Uh, they reduce stormwater runoff, which helps us with our flooding. But right now we have several different moving parts for the trees. So we have the DCR that's here as part of the Greening of the Gateway Cities program. Their goal is to plant 2,400 new trees over the next three years. That is both uh, public trees in the sidewalk, but then private trees, as long as you're in the, uh, the DCR zone. So they came up with a map of a zone that they wanted to stay in based on environmental justice communities, uh, heat island communities, bunch of different factors, uh, communities that didn't have as many trees as we do up in the Forestdale area. So as long as you're in that zone, you can get a free tree through the, uh, the DCR and you can go to their website and um, you could see if you're in the zone and there'll be a number there for you to call for the DCR forester to schedule an appointment. Um, but other than that, we applied for a $100,000 DCR implementation grant. So that gave us $100,000 to plant trees outside of that zone to increase the canopy. We were awarded that grant uh, back in May. And what was the source of that grant? The, the, the DCR. Oh. Yep. So uh, they gave us $100,000 uh, as a reward for receiving that grant. Mystic River Watershed gave us $35,000 as a match. Uh, I do have money at the cemetery and the DPW has their tree planting budget. So between the four, it's been, uh, it's been quite the year. We're, we're right about 600 trees planted from April to today. And my last planting will be uh, this weekend. And then we'll finish off for the winter. So you, you have about 600 trees already Already in planted. the ground and doing now well. That starts the cycle again next spring? Yes, we will start that cycle again, depending on the weather, uh, mid to late April, and hopefully match that number. So within one year's time frame, about 1,200 trees. And then the following year, you do another cycle? Well, we'll, we'll run out of some money before then, yeah. but we'll keep going every year. We have two planting seasons, uh, mid-April to usually around the end of May before it gets too hot. And then again in the fall, mid-September, right up until it gets really cold, which I think the DCR stopping the middle of November will stop first week. So yeah. within a week of each other. Yeah. 
Now, those, those trees that are planted, they're not all on public property. Uh, or by that, I mean this, on the sidewalks, of, of because that would include Forestdale Cemetery? So <clears throat> we do plant some at Forestdale Cemetery. Uh, over the years, there's been a lot of trees that have been dying at the cemetery. So we're That's on- That's a convenient place to die. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, unfortunately, they, they don't receive the same treatment everyone else does. Uh, but we, we did apply uh, for level one arboretum status for the Forestdale Cemetery. Uh, and that's one big reason for the tree planting. So uh, if approved, which I'm very optimistic, we will uh, become an arboretum and one of the only arboretums in the area other than Mount Auburn Cemetery and Arnold Arboretum in Boston, which is a pretty, pretty nice distinction. It's a pretty, pretty nice feather in the cap. That it will be uh, some place that people will be able to come and uh, we'll have a tree walk set up. So residents, schools like Essex Aggie and the uh, Northeast Regional, they can come uh, and learn about trees. We have right now about 65 different kinds of trees in the cemetery, which I don't think anyone would believe. Um, so it will be a, a place to come and learn and, and take a walk and enjoy yourself. Now, this the city's public property, like the parks and playgrounds, are those also uh, part of the uh, 600 trees that are planted? They... So we do plant some in parks. Uh, that's not part of my 600 number. Uh, Dever Park was just recently redone. I know Kierstead is under construction as well as Trafton. Um, so I would say, I know we did a, they did about 60 some odd trees at Dever. Uh, the other parks will receive some trees. I, I know that uh, out of my tree warden fund, I will be giving some, some trees for Kierstead. Uh, I'm not sure about Trafton yet, but I'm yeah. sure we can give them whatever they need. Uh, you, you know, uh, programs sometimes that are well intended and then what happens is so you get the phone calls. Mm -hmm. Number one is, where's my tree? Yeah. Secondly is, you disrupted the traffic on the street because you, you and then that of course extends to the park. So you mentioned, Deva, how much work you've done down there. Have you got feedback from people who end up complaining even though you have a project in per the purpose which is very positive? So I luckily, <clears throat> wasn't in charge of that project, so I don't receive the complaints. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, that would be the OSPCD. But I've heard nothing but but good things. It, it was really, it was quite the the transformation for that park. Yeah. Uh, we did have to take down some trees, mostly because they were diseased and dying. But the amount of trees we we replanted, I, I think, offset the loss. Yeah. Um, People that are interested in having a tree on the sidewalk uh, near their property or uh, annexed to their property, is there a process to go through to be get, uh, eligible for that if there's no tree there at all? Yeah, so they can put in a request through the C-Click Fix system um, or they can contact the Forestdale Cemetery uh, or email me, croser at cityofmalden.org, and they can request a tree. And what I usually do from there is I'll go out, I'll take a look at the location, I'll mark it for dig safe, see what comes back as far as underground utilities, and if there's nothing in my way, then 
they can have a tree. Do you get many requests? We get a lot. Yeah. Um, so the C-Click fix goes through the, um, the DPW. The DPW plays a large role in, in how many trees right. we plant because we use uh, Mr. Knox's laborers. Um, yeah. So they, they play quite the role. Uh, and me and the director of the DPW usually go over the C-Click fix requests. Um, we, we've changed the way we, we do it a little bit. Uh, in the past, we never planted anything on the power lines. Now we have some smaller growing trees that we do plant on the power line so that they never interfere and National Grid doesn't have to come and chop them down. Um, we've changed the type of trees we plant. Uh, for a while, there was one certain tree that we like to plant and we became a little overpopulated. So we've, we've gotten more diverse in our plantings. And um, being diverse is like, uh, I'm sure you remember Dutch elm disease back in the day that attacked all the elm trees. Well, I remember a lot of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> so, sure you do. I forgot a few. <laughs> yeah, well, trust me, my memory isn't that great either. But um, yeah, so Dutch elm disease uh, killed many of our elms. And uh, we didn't really learn our lesson back then. We, we replaced all the dead elm with ash trees. And then along came emerald ash borer and has wiped out tens of millions of ash trees in the United States because there's really no way to stop it unless you catch it before. And what causes that? Uh, so emerald ash borer is a beetle that oh. will lay its eggs on the bark and then they'll tunnel into the cambium layer and they'll feed and they stop the flow of nutrients and you'll see the top of the tree start to die first. Um, but it takes sometimes a year or two before you actually see the effects. It and sounds like people, they start they dying at the, from the head down. They die from the head <laughs> down, right, right. So being a little bit more diverse in our tree plantings by planting several different varieties helps to keep that under control if we do get, say, a disease that affects maple by having oak and elm and tupelo and a bunch of other varieties, we don't lose our entire inventory of trees. We lose a set amount. The, you, at one time, I think, this, uh, not just Malden, but in general, uh, trees were planted with, with roots and they would cause problems with sidewalks as they as they age, mm -hmm. but that's not true any longer? So it, it can happen. Yeah. Trees are, are like people. We don't know how they're going to grow or how yeah. they're going to react. Uh, but there are things that we can do, proper planting and proper maintenance. Uh, the lower a tree is planted, the better chance it has for the roots to heave a sidewalk because those roots want yeah. to rise to find oxygen, water. Um, so the, the trick is, proper planting and that yeah. will prevent that. Yeah, yeah. You, you seem to have a keen interest in trees, not just because that's your job, because it's almost like you personally, you, you have some affection, affection for trees. Is that something that you th thought of years ago or, you, or you, you, you just gravitated towards it after coming to work here at the city? Well, so it's, it's been my whole life. Uh, I, I'm sure you remember. Um, I owned a landscape company right. in Malden and, and started that in 1985 and then sold it in 2013. Uh, I came here with the city. It was actually Halloween was my five-year anniversary with the city. 
Um, that's tonight? Actually, I'm sorry, yesterday, the day before oh, Halloween. Yeah, okay. Halloween is tonight. My apologies. Uh -oh. But yeah, it's been five years that I've been here. I started as the operations manager at the DPW and then moved to uh, the cemetery. That was actually Halloween. Yeah. One year ago today. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, being in the, the landscape industry for 34 years, I, I don't really know much of anything else. Well, Trees and landscaping and, and storm water, those were the things I specialized yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, um, the determination of zones, you had mentioned earlier in your comments about yep. the tree planting program, the, that would suggest that not every area of the city is in this zone to get eligible for trees? Correct. So the zone, in rough terms, runs down Salem Street and then from Salem Street towards Everett. Is that That's the entire Salem Street? Yes. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's a lot. It, it's all of uh, Ward 7. Uh, some parts of, of Ward 8 by the Linden School. Um, a lot of Ward 1 and a little bit of Ward 2 near um, Pisa Pizza from, from the stadium to Highland Ave and from uh, Pleasant to uh, Charles. But it encompasses a lot. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, a lot of areas, and some of Zone 4, uh, Ward 4, Zone, uh, Ward's like 3 and 5, you know, Forestdale area, it's, it's heavily treed, so it, it doesn't come under the same qualifications as some of the other zones. Yeah. Well, the um, uh, Salem Street's a long street, so you're not missing much of the area if, you, if it includes Salem no, Street. No, it, it includes it, but it doesn't mean that they're left out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The DPW's budget, uh, I have a budget at, at Forestdale uh, for the tree warden. Uh, I also get money from other organizations and money from utility companies. So with that money, we're able to... to uh, plant in other zones, so no one's forgotten. Yeah, yeah. The only thing we, we try to do now is we get a lot of requests um, for tree plantings, but instead of doing one on this street, one on that street, if you put in a request, say, for um, Prosper Street in Ward 5, I would visit, and if I could fit six trees there, I would try to tackle whole streets at yeah, once. I, yeah. I think it makes more yeah. of an impact. Yeah. Now, is that all done by city employees, or do you sometimes contract work out? So uh, the DCR is responsible for their plantings. They have state employees. And who uh, are they? I'm sorry? Who would you say? They, who Department of Conservation and Recreation. Okay. The DCR. So they have their employees. Uh, the majority of our plantings are done by DPW employees. We, we have a really good tree crew there uh, that I've been working with for a long time. Uh, cemetery staff planted about 40 or 50 trees this year on their own. Uh, and then sometimes we hire contractors. This weekend, uh, I believe we'll be out with a contractor to uh, satisfy some of the Mystic River watershed money. Uh, you, you mentioned, and just to maybe to remind the public, that uh, beyond Forest Hill Cemetery, the city also has other cemeteries in it. Yes, so there's three city-owned cemeteries. There's Forestdale, there's um, 
Bell Rock Cemetery on Medford Street and there's Salem Street Cemetery on Salem Street. And though the, those last two that you just mentioned, um, they're closed, are they not, in terms of burials? Yes, we don't bury in those cemeteries anymore. The uh, Bell Rock is historical. Yeah. Uh, Salem Street is pretty old itself. Um, yeah. So the only cemetery that's active right now is, yeah. is Forestdale. Yeah. The, um, the Forestdale itself, um, uh, someone, w w uh, there's a re uh, eligibility requirements in order to be considered for a lot purchase there? Yes. So the, really the only requirement is being a, a resident of Malden the last five years of your life. Right. That's yeah. really the only requirement. Yeah. At one time before your tenure, um, it, there wasn't any lots available, but there is currently lots available. There are currently lots available. Uh, I've just completed a master plan that we're going to expand the cemetery to create new lots. Um, so hopefully... You cut down trees to do that? No. No. We don't do that. <laughs> no, sometimes we, we, we take a, uh, when was the last time you were there? Is it, has it been a long time since you visited Forestdale? No, I, no, I was there a couple of weeks ago. I go, okay, I'm, so there are some, as you noticed, there's little roads that connect to larger roads. We'll remove some of those roads and make new burial spots. Well, that's been done before, I think, too. It has in the past. Yeah, it yeah, has in yeah, the past. Yeah. And we, we have a cremation wall uh, because cream, cremations are, I, I think, the future, especially as all cemeteries start to run out of room. I, I think cremation is going to be the, the new way to go. So yeah. we have plenty of room for cremations. Yeah. Um, do you, now, Holy Cross has, a, has an area where it's, it's just for cremations, above ground. They do. They do. But you don't have that, do you? We do. Uh, we have a small one uh, yeah. that was built by the former superintendent, um, and we can expand on yeah. that. We have plenty of room to expand, but we call it the, the niche wall. So it's, it's a long wall uh, when you first come into the cemetery to the right, and uh, each spot holds two cremations. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is one, one time years ago there was a temporary halt in, in burials because of the, I think space was a factor, but then beyond that, there were some water issues. Has that somehow been resolved? I know there's one area of the cemetery over towards um, uh, Main Street where there doesn't seem to be, there's space there for burials, but they don't seem to be adding to them. Yeah, so I've only been there a year, um, and, and I've looked at some of these issues. There are some water issues towards that Main yeah. Street gate because that's a wetland area. Right. So we're, we're working with the engineering department to see what we can do as far as expanding closer to that wetland area. Yeah. It may be possible, it may not, but I have six or seven locations planned out for future burials. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm 53 years old. I, I, hopefully we won't run out of space until I'm retired. Yeah, well. Um, on, a, on an average week, how many burials do you have at the cemetery? It varies. Um, some weeks we could have as many as 12. Uh, this week we haven't had any yet. So it, it really varies. Yeah. You, we, you, you touched on that a little bit earlier. I think statistically, nationally, 
about half of the burials now are cre cremations. I believe so, would, yes. Would that be consistent with Forestdale's experience? We do have more cremations than we do um, full body burials. Oh, so it's more than 50%? Yes. I see, yeah. okay. A and I think a lot of the reason for that is too is, um, so if you had a lot at Forestdale, so you had a one grave lot, you would be buried there as a full body, but when you purchase that lot, you're allowed two cremations oh, to go with you. Oh, yeah, two. no, it's two per full body. So I, I think that gives loved ones a chance to go with their family members right. being cremated. Yeah. Um, I, sometimes I think the motivation maybe sometimes for cremations is that it's not unusual in this day and age for people who may have grown up in a, in a given area like Malden, for instance, and they when they reach retirement age, they spend part of the year in Florida, or the, the, sometimes it, you know, they may even go as far as Florida plus New Hampshire, as it were. But that, the, but when they pass away, if they pass away in Florida, uh, cremations in a way would be a lot more practical, considering the cost of transporting a, a, a ashes. Well, a well, again, body. that's when that one rule comes in: being a resident of Malden. The well, last five years of your life. So if you moved to Florida, yeah. you wouldn't be eligible. Well, I was thinking more people that already had the. Had yeah, the, if they yeah, already yeah. have a, a, a plot through a family, then yeah, it yeah, makes more yeah, sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we get that a lot too. We get uh, loved ones who have passed, and it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes the cremains are shipped to us. Yes. And we put them, you know, with their loved ones. Yeah. It is never, sometimes not a service or anyone that shows up. Sure, it's that would just make easier. sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do a maybe a memorial. Yes, event. they do a memorial home yeah. and send yeah. the remains yeah. to us. Now, you occasionally have people who, for whatever reason, own a lot in uh, the cemetery and, for, and don't have a need for it because maybe they've moved away. Yep. And uh, they are for sale sometimes on a private basis or through the cemetery. Uh, so through the cemetery. Uh, yeah. And that actually just happened last week. Uh, someone wanted to sell their lot back. So yeah. we, we buy it back right. for what they, they paid for it, yes. Yeah. Um, you buy it back or they, because they, they, uh, isn't there some limitation? Uh, uh, what I was thinking was that if someone was looking for a lot mm -hmm. and someone either inquired to the cemetery that you no longer want it, so if they had, that they could sell that lot, that's the people who were buying it, had bought, already bought it, could sell it. Yes, they sell it back to the cemetery. And oh, then we not, to, not directly to the people? Uh, we try not to. So, you know, someone could deed it over, especially if it was a family member, but yeah. we, we try to purchase yeah. them back. Yeah. Uh, so we can put it back in our inventory. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I guess what I was thinking was I thought it, uh, it was experienced years ago where the, the rule was in place that if you owned one and you wanted to sell it, you could do it, but you couldn't sell it for more than you paid for it. Or a well, that's still different. a rule, yeah. We, we buy it back for what you paid for it. I see. Yep. So you would buy it and then you could sell it for more? Yeah, depending on today's prices. Today's yeah. prices aren't very different from what they oh, were 10 years ago. No, a few oh. hundred dollars. But 
in yeah. 10 years as we start to run out of space those or we start to develop new areas yeah so if i take out a road and and i make room for 400 new burial spots depending yeah. on what the construction costs yeah. are the prices could go up a little yeah. Yeah. but we're still uh compared to holy cross and woodlawn we're still very very reasonable yeah so a double lot would be two people full-bodied people so a two grave lot side by side would be uh, two full body and four cremations total. I see. Are any graves limited to one cremation? No. For some reason, I thought that. Okay, so uh, the rules may have changed over the time. Over time, like I said, I've been there a, a year, and uh, you know, every superintendent has their priorities yeah. um, and what they think is important for the, for the future of the cemetery. Uh, so I've changed a lot of rules myself that were in place. Um, That's good. The sign of the progress. Yeah. Um, some out of necessity and some just because uh, I didn't think they needed to exist. Like we allow uh, people to walk their dogs now in the cemetery as long as they're on a leash and stay on the roads and they're not in grave sites. And we haven't had any issues in the nine months that, that we've changed that rule. And really can't police it anyway. People are going to come in and I can't drive around the cemetery 10 hours a day to make sure they don't have their pets. But right. everyone's been obeying the, the rules. Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, I don't know, did they allow, years ago, I think there was a, it was prohibited to learn how to drive in the, in the cemetery. That, uh, that we still keep as a rule. I, I don't need anyone learning to drive and, and hitting a headstone. Yeah. So we try to, uh, I try to enforce that. Yeah. But again, yeah. it, it, it happens. Yeah. You, you can't be a security guard 24-7. Yeah. yeah. So if, if uh, someone had a need of a lot in the cemetery, would the arrangements generally be through the undertaker or would the people themselves contact the cemetery? So it could be either or. Uh, we always recommend to do it through the uh, funeral director. They can assist you and go through every step of the process rather than chopping into two different sections. And they sell you the lot for the same price we do. They're not allowed to, to add any money onto our price. We, we don't allow that. So, uh, for example, right now, today's rate is for a two-grave lot. It's $4,400. So it'd be the same through Forestdale as it would through, say, one of the local funeral homes. Yeah. And, uh, would that be the, fa the sta fairly standard people would have double lots as the, as the, the preference? That's uh, the most common. Yeah. You know, but they want husband, wife, children. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes we, we do get the call, I would say at least once or twice a month for a single grave, someone that just never married, never had children, and, and they just need a single grave. Yeah. One time many years ago, and I can say that because of my own age, but there was a, a, a someone I remember talking to him that way, way back during the Depression. They worked at a cemetery uh, not far stale. Okay. And uh, after so many years, they used to cr crush, the, crush the boxes or the caskets. No, we don't. We don't do that. That's well, that's illegal. Is that possible? That was that was that was uh, with uh, at that time after so many years. It would, then they could put something on top of that. Yeah, uh, we you we didn't don't know anything about that. 
Well, I, I've heard rumors, and I've yeah. heard that after a hundred years they <laughs> remove bodies, but that doesn't that doesn't happen at, at Forestdale. Yeah, and uh, that's why you know yeah. we're starting to run out of space. Yeah, yeah. The um, the there's been a couple of scandals uh, uh, not directed at Forestdale where uh, I saw one in the paper the other day where there was a an issue in an investigation in the process where a, a large uh, funeral director uh, that was uh, that did uh, uh, cremations mm -hmm. and they made errors in terms of who they allocated ashes to. It turns out the, there was a question that some of the ashes that were given to people weren't the people that they were supposed to get. So, I mean, that was obviously almost a, a a criminal investigation, but it's a, 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 a rare occasion where an undertaker would uh, be paid to uh, bury people and not do it, just put them in storage. In the, in yeah, the, I, I've heard I've heard stories. You yeah. know, being there the last year, um, it's not something that uh, that I think is right, and it's it's not something that I would ever yeah. entertain. I yeah. mean, uh, people's loved ones need to rest in peace. So yeah. we, we take very good care of the people that come to see us. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have anything to do with the cremains. You, yeah. know, you, you bring them to us. So yes. we can never mix anything right. up. Yeah. How deep do they bury cremations? Uh, they go three to four feet. It does that. that, that yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. tried to go. Uh, so we never want to open a vault once the casket is in so they sit on top of the vault right. and people some people use just the the uh, box that comes from the urn the, well some people buy an urn yeah and some people use the box that comes from yeah. the, the funeral yeah. director yeah. it's it's totally yeah. someone's choice yeah. the um are you in who, who would be the at the state level would be involved with the uh, the cemeteries uh, regulations or, or issues? Uh, so I'm not sure. I mean, the state does have mass general laws yeah. governing how cemeteries yeah. are to be run and hours of operation yeah. and things like that. But I'm yeah. not sure who yeah. who in the state would deal yeah. with that directly. Yeah. Yeah. Here, at, we, we, tried to, we do everything uh, in-house, you know. Yeah. So the superintendent, I would go to my board of trustees uh, who are great and have given me, you know, everything uh, I've asked for. Oh, um, a raise? No, no, not a raise. <laughs> That's good, though. Thank you yeah. for mentioning that. I'll have yeah. to bring that up at the next yeah, trustee yeah. meeting. Too late for this year because, oh, you got the budget already for, yeah. the, for July 1st. Yeah, I don't expect a raise for, for yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, but, no, th they're very good. I run yeah. everything by the trustees yeah. and yeah. the mayor's office, obviously, for trees. You yeah. know, uh, Mayor Christensen and, and Maria Louise there. They're on top of me yeah. with the trees to make yeah. sure we're we're doing the right thing. And the and the Forestdale personnel, they're city employees. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Now you've got a, a relatively new area as you come in the gate. Yep. And that's for veterans. So you're talking about when you come in the gate to the uh, left. Yes. Yeah. So uh, when I when I came to the cemetery last uh, October we had a, a veterans memorial, Vietnam and, and Korea. Um, and there was another one planned that the other superintendent, the former superintendent didn't get a chance to finish. 
it was um, Iraq and uh, Operation Desert Storm or Iraqi Freedom. And there was a section that was starting to be prepared for it. After think of, thinking about it, um, we decided to dismantle the first memorial and rebuild it. And at, have the same, every, at the same location. At the same location and have it bigger and better and, and make that the focal point of the entrance of the cemetery. Um, so, yeah, we were given, I was given the directive uh, after I suggested it um, by the mayor, and, and he was gracious enough to give me two weeks to complete it. So, we, we did. Two weeks? Two weeks. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of my fault. I, I waited too long to give the suggestion because I didn't think anyone would, would go for it. But, uh, no, he, he gave me uh, the freedom and the help to, to, to get it done. And uh, we actually had it done four or five days ahead of schedule. So yeah. it, it, it worked out really good. Well, the, the, um, the, but that's on 24 hours, the lights are on at 24 hours? The lights are on only at night, yes. Yeah. And, and the reason why is, um, so when I first got to the cemetery about two weeks in, we had some vandalism to that memorial. Really? Yeah, someone walked through and uh, vandalized it severely. So we try to keep it lit up. We have cameras on that location now. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, we, we haven't had an issue. Well, the, uh, now I notice uh, people sometimes use a cemetery as a walking area where they wouldn't be out in the sidewalk maybe or crossing streets. And They so. do. Um, which was another reason we changed some of the rules because uh, people people just enjoy Forestdale walking. Um, there was a rule that were no, no bicycles allowed. We we dismantled that because young children with their parents love to ride their bikes. Yeah. We have people that jog. We right now this time of year we have several people that come in and take pictures of the birds and the wildlife because we have quite the selection there. So. Uh, pe people enjoy just coming to the cemetery, even sitting by the pond and watching the geese. Pe people yeah. enjoy it. It's like can a peaceful spot. Can you fish there? You have a, a, a pond or, or... We do have a pond and, and we do have people that, that come and fish. They do? And, and as long as, yeah, we have some, some trout and some bass in there, oh, believe you, it or you not. So the, you st the, the city stocked it? Or no, the I, I, I think it was stocked at one point. Um, yeah. But uh, they they catch fish, they and do. as long as they obey the rules and yeah. they're not making a mess and, yeah. and they're not drinking something they shouldn't be drinking or doing something they shouldn't be doing, uh, I'm okay with it. Well, that's pretty open there, so it isn't like you're hiding in the woods if you were no, going to have a party. You, you can't hide in that <laughs> section, no. no. The, the responsibility for people now that have graves there, you know, there was that tradition uh, sometimes on the part of uh, the public. Memorial Day was a day you went to the cemetery to pay your respects to your, to your, to your friends or family that were there. Yeah. But that also created some issues because it, there's a, a lot of time left in the, in the year besides just Memorial Day weekend. But now you, you plant flowers and you, and you do some other things. And sometimes I, I think what happens is people do things they're not supposed to do because they, they, for different reasons the cemetery has some limitations of how you can decorate a grave. We do, we do. There's, so there's, there's no shrubs or trees that we allowed to be planted uh, just because, and that rule was there when, when I got there. 
And I could see why. A lot of the shrubs are overgrown because people haven't visited their loved ones in 20, 30 years. And maybe there's no one, no loved ones left. That's possible. So we're working on that. That will be my project for the winter. So we'll try to contact a lot of these families. And if we don't make contact, we'll put an ad in the paper stating which sites we're going to remove shrubs from because some of them are, are 20 feet tall and yeah. they're just blocking other grave sites. So we, we have to find a way to keep it under control. But we want to do it properly. We just don't want to remove something yeah. without trying to give someone yeah. some notice. Yeah. And then, um, of course, you, you, you have occasions in preparation for Memorial Day. They do all the gardening you could possibly do on the graves. We, we do a lot of flower plantings. The, the uh, veterans office, uh, Kevin Jarvis, they come in with volunteers and they put flags at every veteran's headstone or plaque, what they have. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of work that goes in. We work uh, seven days a week, April and May, just to get ready for Memorial yeah. Day. Uh, you have some idea how many actually veterans are buried there? Because uh, I thought it was, the, uh, do the police also do some flag um, or was that for the veterans? Um, sometimes uh, people will put uh, fire or police flags at, at veterans' graves. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that. That's something that's done through the veterans' office or the police right. department or the fire right. department. Yeah. So how do you keep track of the people that are veterans? So the veterans has a database they of do. everyone that's veterans. Yeah. Uh, we could always look up. We we uh, before I got there, the former superintendent had everything digitized. So now we have a computer system that we can just type in your last name and find you anywhere in the cemetery. And yeah. that's Forestdale, Salem Street, and Bell Rock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're you're buried in one of our cemeteries, we we can find yeah. you. W uh, any idea when the the, uh, the Bell Rock Cemetery had any burials? The last burial? Yeah. Uh, any recent? None. In, oh, nothing. Nothing recent. There'd be uh, no. But those are. Uh, they would have no way to do that because of the cemetery is closed. So the burials. So the cemetery, it does have some spots that could receive burials, uh, but given the historical nature of that cemetery, we wouldn't want to yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know the date of the last person that was buried there, but I would assume it was sometime when Forestdale opened in the late 1800s. So, yeah, well, it'd be hard to have anybody live at that time to be eligible anyway. Yeah, and the cemetery's so old that, you know, a lot of the headstones have just disintegrated over time. Yeah. Um, but we have a, an excellent record system, too. We actually have a file where uh, at some point, I believe it must have been in Ann Madigan's day, uh, my classmate. Was she your classmate? In high school, yeah. I hear she was the best uh, cemetery superintendent the city had ever had. Well, the interesting thing is, I think she, by profession, she was a nurse, if I recall. She was. Yeah. She yeah. was, and she dedicated her life to that cemetery. She, yeah. she ate, slept, and drank it. She was... Yeah, well, she, didn't she was drink. something. <laughs> yeah, I hope someday to, to, to do as good a job as she did. Yeah. Uh, but she must have created these records for Bell Rock where we have index cards that actually say well, what were on the headstones. So in the future, as headstones broke or disintegrated, yeah. if someone wanted to replace them, we know exactly what yeah. it said on it. Yeah. 
I know I uh, saw a, a comment one time and it was an article and a woman who never had married mm -hmm. and uh, her epitaph on her team on her tombstone was I never missed anything so <laughs> and, so married or not she seemed to have had a full life she did <laughs> she did yeah yeah so wow yeah so um, as I said I, I know Ann certainly gave a lot of attention but uh, the the uh, there was another uh, a person in charge of the cemetery long before here. Uh, I should remember the name. He lived on Clayton Street. I I was his paper boy, but anyways, not that it matters. But I don't know who that was. I I I, I knew Ann. Yeah. Uh, because when I owned my landscape company, I did some work for Ann yeah. at the cemeteries, and I knew obviously my predecessor Jimmy Cahill. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know anyone before Ann. Yeah, well, I'll look him up, and, and uh, he was there a long time too. But uh, um, anyway, so everything's going all right. Everything's going great. You wound up with um, uh, someone as a, as a legacy, the, your predecessors, and it's winding up that. Um, you know, you got, you got some new ideas, as you've mentioned. So that's and it's where you update everything as you go along. And uh, there are some above ground. If you go in the main gate off to the right, mm -hmm. they they look like maybe above ground burials. So that's our niche wall. Uh, that those are for cremations. Oh, I see. Just oh, the cremations only. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And and do you have many spaces there available? We do. Oh, you do. Yeah, we have an abundance of spaces yeah. in that. Yeah. So wall. again, that's a situation where people don't have to make a decision to cuz you normally wouldn't buy prepaid, would you? No, you can't. We don't pre-sell, so it's at time of death. Right. And yeah. that helps us uh, keep track and keep a, a healthy number of burial sites. Right. If I or the, the cemetery trustees were to let a thousand people pre-buy, we would be out of space. Sure. And then they may not use those for 20 years, if ever. Right. So we That's don't allow pre-sales. Yeah, yeah. One thing I forgot to ask you, I go walking sometimes in the streets near where I live and I see trees that have plastic wrap around them. Now, um, What's the purpose? Is that is that the keynote or, or note trees that need to be treated? Uh, so you mean around the trunk? It must be a small tree. Yeah. So what that is 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 a lot of times trees are grown at big farms, and those trees that you see with that wrap around, it's more of a, a, a felt or a cotton. Um, those trees are grown in the middle of the nursery, so they don't get as much sun as the trees on the edge. Yeah. So sometimes a wrap is put around because if you take that tree and put it in direct sunlight 10 hours a day for the first time, it right. may put it into stress. Right. So that's usually left on for about a year just so it can slowly yeah. ad adapt to its surroundings. Yeah, yeah. If, if you had uh, trees in like, um, let's say the bo uh, housing, more than housing has, has, has property that they manage and all. If they have trees on their property, is the city responsible for that? No, that falls under the housing. That right. falls under the federal level. Yeah. So as the tree warden, uh, I'm responsible for every public shade tree in our inventory, which means sidewalks, parks, uh, schools, city hall, any, any public building. 
Right. Anything public. Right. Which right now consists of about, I haven't updated the inventory because I've been too busy planting, but about 9,000 trees. Really? In the public inventory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you ever get requests from people for, for uh, could you could you help a senior citizen out with a, a tree on her property that's private land? So uh, <laughs> I get a lot of calls oh, you uh, do? on well, a daily a basis. Get kind of little quirky ones. Uh, I've received calls that people don't want trees planted because they don't want to clean leaves uh, because they're allergic. Uh, it's against their religion. Well, what would religion be to do with it? I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I get a lot of excuses. Uh, trees, people want trees cut down because it may have cracked their sidewalk or they get leaves in their gutters. So, yeah, I, I get a bunch of strange requests. Yeah. Um, so, and, and as the tree warden, you know, I can remove any tree that's dead or consider the public safety hazard that falls within my purview, but I cannot remove a healthy tree without a tree hearing. You would have to hold a public tree hearing. I've seen them advertised in the paper, right? Yes, so we actually have one uh, tomorrow night that were resident requests. We better do it tonight with trick or treat. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it tonight. But uh, yeah, different what's requests. The, what's, the, what's the purpose of the hearing? To let the public come and voice their opinion. People can say they're for it or against it, but it has to go out for public opinion. What's the issue? Uh, so all three were resident requests because uh, they're interrupting sore lines. Tree roots are growing in their sores, and they've had backups into their house, destroying their property as far as roots going into their foundation, things like that. So I take everything on a case-by-case -case basis, but we, we try not to remove anything unless it's absolutely yeah. necessary. Yeah. Do you sometimes have trees that extend over to people's property, mm -hmm. and that's where the complaint is, they get the leaves off the tree? Yep, so, and they want them pruned. So Mass General Law states that no one is allowed to cut down or prune a public shade tree. So if any of that happens, uh, forestry is under the DPW. You would have to call the DPW, put in a request. Forestry department would come out yeah. and, and trim that for yeah. you. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite a big fine uh, to to cut down or trim a public shade tree. Does it sometimes happen? It does sometimes happen in the middle of the night or in the day. <laughs> it could happen in the middle of the night. Some people do it right in front of you. Oh yeah. It's it's lack of education. Some people just just don't know. Yeah yeah. Um. The you know, nailing signs to trees, that's yeah. actually in yeah. Mass General Law. It's, it's against the law to put a nail or a screw in a tree, believe it or not. Right. Well, okay. I can understand that. Acreage-wise, how big is Forest Hill Cemetery? Almost 70 acres. 70? Yes. Wow, that would make a great development, right? Don't, don't ever say <laughs> that. And, how many, and what's the staff you, have, have you work with at this Forest Hill? So at the Forestdale, it's, it's myself, uh, I have an admin, Michelle, uh, and I have four employees. Well, she's been there quite, Michelle, been there quite a while. She has. Yeah. Yeah, I think close to 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. teaches me what to do, being the newcomer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. Well, now that you had a one-free year anniversary, you can take, wait, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> this, this, 
you put me with trees or, or, or you know, storm water or anything like that, and I'm your guy. Well, I'm still learning the little nuances of the cemetery. Well, actually, uh, when you think about it, experience has some advantages that the, uh, if uh, you're looking for somebody with a history of the uh, of the job, then of course they can be a big assistance. Yeah, I wish Ann was still around. Yeah, uh, yeah. She could have taught me a thing yeah, or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I have the, the four employees. Uh, you know, Gary and John have been there for almost 30 years. Wow. Uh, Jimmy has been there, I believe, around 20. And then uh, Maddie, who's been there probably about 10. So I have a good, experienced crew. And, and no uh, turnover. No turnover. They yeah. like it. Well, I, I was thinking when you said 70 acres, when you can kind of think of keeping up that level of quality that you see at the cemetery, it's it's a uh, they uh, it's they tough. they it, it, don't rest. Yeah. The only rest they get is if yeah. the cemetery is snow covered, they get a little bit of a break. Yeah. Other than that, there's there's no rest for them. No rest for the weary. No rest for the weary. Now, do you do funerals on Saturday? We do. We do, if it's requested. It, yeah. It's a different charge because... Right, that's understandable. Yeah, it's an overtime thing. Um, yeah. And we don't do them on Sundays, uh, and we don't do them on holidays. Right. But I if there was ever an emergency uh, on a holiday, we, yeah. we would try to accommodate yeah. to the best of our ability. Yeah. Do you have an occasion where people have to uh, open a grave for, for non-burial purposes? So it hasn't happened in the year that I've been there, but I, it does happen, we, you know, with a court order to exhume a body for uh, forensic purposes or just to move it sometimes. I, I know there's a history that bodies were moved quite frequently uh, 70, 80 years ago. They were moved maybe from Salem Street to Forestdale yeah. for different reasons, but it's quite the process yeah. to, to open up. Yeah. We, we don't open up a grave. Yeah, before your time, uh, you might be aware of it, it seems to me there was some issue where the person in a cemetery lot at Forest there was the wrong person or the wrong name or something, and they ended up, they had to move the person. So that, that was before your time. Yeah, I haven't had to do that yet, yeah, and, well, and I ho hope that never happens. Don't. Hopefully you don't. Well. You know, uh, is there anything in the, we, I've missed that maybe you think you'd like the public to know before we say goodbye? Uh, no, if anyone would uh, like a tree planted, you can email me at yeah. crosa at cityofmalden.org. You can put in a, a C-click fix request, or you could call me uh, at the Forestdale Cemetery, my okay. office, 781-397-7191. And uh, we'll do our best to get a tree planted. Oh. And they can follow me at, uh, on Facebook at Malden Tree Warden. We have a page. We have about 700 members, and oh, there's cool. always good conversations going on. Yeah, right. And there was a book written, The Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and in Malden there's a lot of trees growing. So We are, we are trying our best to uh, plant as many yeah. as we can. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having and, me. And it's been an informative and interesting, and I think there's been some things talked about today. Maybe people get more involved with uh, considering some of those suggestions that we were talking about, some of the things that make grades better. I uh, work 24-7, so more. any questions, send them my way. Good, good. Well, thank you very much. Thank good. you for having me. Good.